We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On the way, hit it hard, rebound, batted around. It's taken by Luca. He hits! He hits! With a second to go as he hits the deck. Tie 115. It worked! It totally worked! 10 assists, 21 rebounds, 47 minutes played. And now 60 points for the first time in Mavericks history. Hi, this is Luka Doncic, and you're listening to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg, uh, coming to you for the second time <laughs> on this Friday, February 3rd, uh, because there, you know, the trade deadline is in six days, and things are uh, things are heating up. So uh, I'm back again. We're here to talk about the Mavs and Kyrie Irving, the latest reports, rumors. Uh, it's setting the, you know, the NBA landscape on fire. Uh, it could lead to other domino effects that set off other, you know, trade rumors involving Kevin Durant and all that good stuff. So, uh, yeah, so we're back again. And today uh, I'm back. I was with my co-host Drew Johnson earlier today. I'm uh, back with my good colleague and friend at DallasBasketball.com, Grant Afseth. Uh, you can find him at Grant Afseth on Twitter. Uh, and be sure to go check out all the work he does for us over at DallasBasketball.com. There's, al- there's already been a just a ton of stuff uh, put up today and, and yesterday, and uh, there's going to be more coming throughout the, the weekend and into next week as we get closer to the trade deadline. But, uh, Grant, the, the biggest news of the day and the reason we're doing this last second uh, podcast is because multiple reports uh, it came from, you know, we got we got the trifecta, you know, we got uh, Shams, Woj, and even Stein, who, you know, he never really says anything uh, regarding the Mavs unless he's just, you know, 100%, you know, sure that that, <laughs> that it's a thing, that, that they're in on something, because we know how the Mavs usually deny, deny, deny. Uh, when trade rumors come out, but we got the trifecta with all of those guys agreeing. Uh, the Mavs are one of the teams talking to the Brooklyn Nets about a potential trade for Kyrie Irving. Uh, Kyrie and the Nets have not been able to hammer out a contract extension, so therefore Kyrie has demanded a trade uh, out of the Brooklyn Nets, and the Mavs, the Lakers, 
and I believe the Suns were the third team mentioned there, and there might be a couple others, but those were the three teams mentioned as being like the most serious trade suitors for him ahead of the deadline. So a couple of questions to get us started here, Grant. It's a, it's a two-parter for you, but just one, what's your initial reaction you know, to these reports, uh, you know, are you, are you surprised by it any, and then, you know, two, who would you say has, you know, the, up, the upper hand, so to speak in the, in the Kyrie Irving trade, trade talks? Yeah, I think uh, anytime someone kind of just drops a, uh, <laughs> a trade uh, request like that in the middle of the day, you definitely are surprised when you first see it, but like from the 30,000 foot view, I guess it's not overly surprising because the Nets have always been reluctant to kind of give like a full max with no stipulations, like like no partial guarantee uh, for like a, a year or two or whatever uh, the details may be. Um, and I'm sure Kyrie Irving, you know, as the reporting is kind of shown, he views himself worth that like four year full max um, since he's a superstar. I mean, he's an all star starter. Um you know, like uh, one of the, one of the better players in the NBA. Um, so yeah, I think uh, um, in general, uh, when you kind of think of the teams that have been linked as well, I don't think there's too much surprise. You know, the Lakers were linked so heavily in the summer, um, and then you know the Mavs. Um, you know, with Jalen Brunson leaving, and like there's still a need for a co-star. That makes a lot of sense. And then you know the Suns is kind of a tougher one. Uh, you know, with their previous interest with Kevin Durant. Um, I feel like they would prioritize Durant over Kyrie Irving, especially with already having, um, you know, I know there's been a decline with Chris Paul, but with him being there as well, it kind of complicates, um, you know, certain uh, like kind of options for them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, Kyrie Irving, it's never a matter of like, is this guy a good basketball player or not? That. <laughs> <laughs> that that's never the case with him. Like he's he's having a great season uh with the Nets, you know, aside from that that point where he got, you know, suspended for a handful of games. He's averaging 27 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, shooting nearly 50% from the field, 37% from 3. I mean, he's just Go ahead. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I think uh sorry, I had a Oh, notification come through. I got. Oh, okay. That's no, <laughs> no worries. Well, look. I mean, he he's very, very good. I mean, when he when he's put in the right situation too, that's only going to, you know, amplify that. And we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier as well. But it's kind of a situation like if he went to Dallas, just like from a pure basketball standpoint. And I mean, I know there's risk involved, but when you're a team like the Mavs and you're limited on assets and you're, you know, desperately wanting to get more star talent next to Luca, uh, who's just having an insane season himself. uh, These are the kind of moves that you have to, you have to try and get in on. And just from a pure basketball standpoint, looking at the fit, you know, what Irving would look like on the Mavs, it seems like it would be a seamless fit, at least in my opinion, because, you know, you, you, you've got basically the European version of LeBron, who's only 23 years old, and Luka Doncic. And, you know, we already see how, we've, we've seen how LeBron and Kyrie fit in Cleveland. You know, they won a championship together, made it to the finals like every year. 
uh, that LeBron was there. So, I mean, why couldn't that work in Dallas? I mean, where are you at on the actual, just purely talking about basketball fit with Kyrie in Dallas? Yeah, I think it'd be a phenomenal fit because um, one of the things that I think a lot of people kind of miss uh, with Kyrie Irving is that uh, not only is he one of the best players with the ball in his hands to kind of like, you know, like the handles, everyone uh, focuses on that, like to break down, you know, different players off the dribble and ISOs. And like, he's a really good pick and roll ball handler. Like that stuff's very clear. But I think a lot of people kind of lose sight of the fact that he's also a very good catch and shoot player. Um, like when you're playing alongside Luka Doncic, the the level, like the degree of difficulty for Kyrie to kind of get the ball with the defense out of rotation and attack a closeout would be so easy for him. And I think one of the issues that the Mavs face in the Western Conference Finals, when you kind of think back to that period, um, Jalen Brunson was phenomenal in the earlier rounds um, of that playoff run. But when the Warriors started to kind of throw Draymond Green onto him while they were overloading on Luka, they didn't have enough offensive firepower to be as competitive. But if you have a player like Kyrie, who could probably be a you know a more impactful option to kind of break down Draymond um, in those options, and you know before we get too into who would be left on the roster and whatnot, um, just having that that as a foundation would make them extremely challenging uh, to be accounted for um, for any team in a playoff series. Yeah, I mean that was. Uh... Losing Jalen Brunson hurt. It hurt extremely bad. It hurt worse than, you know, what I anticipated. I I, th- I thought they would feel it worse when they got to the postseason. I thought they'd cruise through the regular season, uh, and, you know, maybe they would be cruising through it if they had started Christian Wood from day one. Who knows? But, uh, you know, I thought they'd have no issues with the regular season and then get to the postseason, and they, then they'd struggle heavily if they hadn't found a way to replace uh, Jalen Brunson's production there. But uh, you're right. I mean, you add Kyrie Irving to the mix, and he's ha- he's in a contract year, so he has been fully motivated to play his best, best basketball uh, when he's actually on the court. And he's done that uh, this year, again, aside from that, you know, suspension he had earlier in the year. But – you know, you have you basically have thirty, a little bit less than thirty regular season games of this year left, and he's going to be on an expiring deal unless he gets traded and then immediately signs an extension. And he's playing some of his best basketball, and the Mavs need that. Uh, we will get into a couple of you know hypothetical trade packages that that could be you know, on the table for the Mavs and the Nets uh, and kind of compare it to what some of the other teams have to offer too. you know, the Suns, the Lakers. Uh, but one thing that just popped up that I wanted to read out uh, with the initial reports, you know, people were saying that uh, Kyrie wanted the full, fully guaranteed contract extension from the Nets and suppose something about, you know, the Nets, I think Woj mentioned that the Nets, Woj or Shams won. I don't know. There's been so many reports, Grant. I, don't, I, can't, I, can't, I can't keep up with them all right now. But one of those dudes reported that uh, the Nets didn't offer a fully guaranteed final year of the extension. Well, uh, Chris Haynes with uh, 
with uh, TNT and Bleacher Report, he tweeted out that Kyrie Irving's camp did not negotiate after the Brooklyn Nets presented an, an offer that was tied to team winning. Wait, that was tied to a team winning a championship. Uh, league sources told him and, and said he was told that the issue was not about money. And now it's said that Kyrie wouldn't even stay in Brooklyn if he was offered a full max contract. So what Chris Haynes is saying is like, it had nothing to do with, you know, the nets uh, not offering a fully guaranteed contract extension. So this thing, this thing looks like it's pretty much over. Like it's just a matter of time uh, before Kyrie Irving moves on and, you know, whether yeah, that's it here seems like the, the Nets deadline. really just don't want to risk much with him at all. Like they're just yeah. like, <laughs> I think they're shell shocked from like the, the experiences um, that they have and like their, their stances on different things and how it, it clearly like, you know, there's just definitely they're opposites in a sense. And I feel like they're just, they're just kind of stepping on their own feet, if you will, uh, where they're, they're, they're just not really a viable path for them. They don't want to have any risk at all. And that's just, not gonna work yeah and and that's another thing too as far as like and i'm not saying Kyrie, he is a very unique dude and he has very unique viewpoints on certain things it's it's kind of he's kind of an odd dude but you know i feel like he would be more of a fit overall with the organization uh with the mavs than he is with the nets and i know he is you know really good friends with lebron uh i know he's been linked to the lakers uh, so many times over the last year, it seems like. Uh, but, you know, I just feel like with his, he, he has a really good relationship with Nico Harrison from uh, Nico's Nike days. Uh, he has a really good relationship with coach Jason Kidd. Uh, and he, I mean, from all, by all accounts, you know, given what they've said and uh, past press conferences and their on court interactions and everything, it seems like he has a pretty good relationship with Luca too. Uh, so all around, I think you know there would be more of a natural fit organizationally with the Mavs than what he's experienced in Brooklyn so far. That's just my. And again, I mean, I don't know, I don't know that for certain, but uh, you can kind of look at it from the outside and piece together stuff and come to that conclusion, you know, based on the info we do have. So. Um, okay, so we're just going to move right into actual trade packages. Uh, what's your feel on this? Because I've seen, I've seen some people speculating that, you know, the Mavs would have to burn at least one first round pick, uh, not from reporters or anything, just, I'm, you know, just skimming through Mavs Twitter. I don't know. I don't know if they would have to, because let's just assume that, Kevin Durant stays in Brooklyn because I mean he's on a longer deal. I mean it's the Nets don't have to trade him. <laughs> Kyrie's on an expiring contract and he's pretty much saying he's gone regardless so they they kind of have to trade Kyrie. But you know, I don't know the Lakers would kind of be dumb to trade their their last two first round picks they can trade for the rest of this decade for a guy on an expiring deal. Now he could sign an extension and, you know, maybe, maybe that gets it over the hump, but I still think it would be dumb to burn a first round pick uh, for a guy in Kyrie's situation. Now, if you take that into consideration and you, you say like the Brooklyn Nets, they're going to keep Kevin Durant. 
just for this hypothetical. If you're going to keep Kevin Durant, then don't you think Durant is more interested in getting back the better players in the deal or slightly better players in a deal rather than two picks that are going to come at the end of this decade when, you know, who knows, KD could be retired by then. He doesn't care about those picks. Uh, so when you look at it from that perspective and you're, let's say we're just comparing the Lakers and Mavs here, the Mavs have a lot more intriguing options to include in a potential package, uh, you know, that they, that they could send to Brooklyn that would be better than what the Lakers have to offer. And just off the top of my head, uh, the, the match that I'm thinking of is probably Spencer Dinwiddie and Christian Wood. Uh, and, you know, that has the Mavs and Christian Wood, they haven't been able to come to terms on a contract extension as well. And it's kind of like that same situation. It's like, okay, well, if, if he's not going to sign a contract extension, if we can't work it out, he could potentially walk for nothing uh, in the offseason. So it's like, okay, well, why why don't we just, you know, do this? We trade Dinwiddie uh, and Christian Wood, who we might lose for nothing anyway, and get a superstar talent in Irving who comes with risks, but the potential reward uh, is becoming a championship contender if all goes well. So uh, that was my first thoughts. Do you have any other suggestions on potential trade packages that could work uh, without, you know, spending first round picks? Yeah, I think, uh, I think honestly, a lot of it starts with kind of like what the other limited, like kind of trade landscape has the offer for Brooklyn um, kind of when you think about the picks um, just in general, like a general thought, like Chris Haynes putting that uh, report out. I think uh, that kind of damages uh, the Lakers. I mean, not Lakers, the, um, the Nets ability uh, to kind of maintain leverage in my opinion, because now that it's like, there's no outlook for us to even get a deal done um that's pretty bad uh from like a uh you know oh well maybe we can discuss this later sort of standpoint i think the lakers um back to your point about the the two first round picks in the future they if i remember correctly uh with westbrook's contract uh coming off and they have a lot of expiring uh deals as well like lonnie walker um they also could renounce rui hashimura's cap hold um I don't know if like that's a lot of money to have to make up to be able to like give Kyrie that contract. Um, but I mean, in a way um, that like, if you have the pathway uh, to not have to give up the first round picks uh, and just wait it out and the nets are pretty much just begging to not basically lose him for nothing in the off season. I definitely think that, like it's hard for them to kind of get those like two first round picks from the Lakers or from somebody else. But if the Mavericks, depending on uh, what they would send out, if they're sending out contracts that aren't that fantastic in value, um, then, you know, that's probably where the the draft pick uh, compensation gets complicated. But that's kind of my general thought is like, I don't know if the Lakers will have to be that, that worried about uh, sending out like bulk picks and all that stuff. And that, that kind of impacts uh, like the Mavs as well. I And I mean, I agree with that to an extent. I just feel like, I don't know. I, just, I, I feel like the Mavs, especially if they're trading a guy like Dinwiddie, who, I mean, from by all accounts, it, it seems that he had a really great tenure in Brooklyn and they still, you know, like him in Brooklyn and, 
you know, there we saw clips of him working out with KD in the offseason, so he obviously has a relationship with KD. Uh, and then you, you take a flyer on Christian Wood, uh, you know, who they could probably use too. I feel like that's, you know, that, that might be a little bit more enticing uh, for Brooklyn than than what the the Lakers have to offer. Now, Phoenix being mentioned in the equation is is interesting too because, you know, obviously the Nets had interest in DeAndre Ayton uh, over the offseason and, you know, in a potential KD trade, but, you know, talks never really got too far along there and, uh, you know, everybody pretty much knows by now. Aiton signed a max offer sheet with the Indiana Pacers. The Suns matched just to keep from losing him for nothing. Uh, and the Suns have had a very, very disappointing season uh, so far this year. It, it seems like the Mavs really broke them uh, <laughs> in, the, in the postseason uh, last year because things have just snowballed. Uh, bad things have just snowballed for them since that series. Uh, so... Phoenix is interesting. I'm not exactly sure if that would still be uh, an Aiton situation or if they, you know, there were reports the other day that uh, starting this offseason that the Suns might look to move away from the Chris Paul experience. You know, they're starting to admit that he has declined and uh, might not ever be what he used to be anymore. So, I mean, that could be an option too, but Still, I mean, unless you're attaching first-round picks, uh, I just feel like the the options. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
You need Indeed. Or more favorable as far as just, you know, uh, what players you could get back. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I just feel like uh, I feel like a, a package of Dinwiddie and Christian Wood, and, you know, you could throw in another player in there, you know, they they all forget that we have Frank Grant. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> throw throw Frank in there too. I think even the Mavs forget that they have Frank sometimes. Uh, you know, not everybody else, but uh, you know that's what I'm thinking. I do wonder. I want to get your thoughts on this. If the Mavs say they did something to where, like, say say Brooklyn wanted picks, like that's what they're prioritizing. Would you do that deal that I presented, but would you switch, you know, uh, or would you do something like uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., Davis Bertans, and, you know, maybe a young filler piece with a draft, with, you know, draft pick or picks attached to get off of those long-term contracts? Uh, you know, would, would would you do something like that, or would you still just try to avoid trading the first round picks altogether? Because if they don't trade any first round picks, and you get Kyrie Irving, and let's just you know, being hopeful here, say it works out the way we think it could, uh, then you have Luca and Kyrie Irving, and you have the ammo uh, to have a big trade in the off season to potentially add a third star. Uh, through draft picks, so I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Should they should they keep their their powder dry, so to speak, with the draft picks for the summer, or you know, should they try to get off money and try to be a a potential player in free agency sooner? I think uh, parting with the picks to get off the money makes a lot of sense, uh, mostly because it's hard to find like like with how a lot of teams uh, want to win now and. Uh, are using a lot of their cap space. It's very hard to ever like think like when's a scenario where you can call up like the Spurs or something, a team which is a ton of that cap space, and say I'm comfortable parting with a pick attached with a player like Davis Bertans or Tim Hardaway Jr. and actually like do the deal without being like okay now we've depleted ourselves too much for making the big swing trade. I think if you can accomplish the swing trade while moving the salary that like that checks every box and then you can also factor in that you now have like you know the the sample size for the rest of the year to evaluate the situation um with you know Kyrie before you know the contract stuff comes up um and then go into free agency kind of having a better idea of what your plan looks like and i'm sure it's easier to attract like veteran role players as well to fill the gaps uh, doing it as well if you do feel that like okay after we move some of these contracts who can we replace them with going forward um, I feel like uh, it kind of just like is a good opportunity to clean up the books open some roster spots and things of that nature yeah and I mean I I could talk myself into into either situation pretty much uh I lean more towards the trying to get Kyrie and not spending the draft picks, and then you have a chance to, you know, add potentially another third, maybe if not star, but like fringe star player uh, in the offseason to basically give you a big three. 
going forward because you'll have access to all of your future picks uh, once the pick hopefully conveys to the the Knicks this summer. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, I would I would be able to talk myself into the Mavs trading first round picks uh, just to get off of you know future salary uh, and also obtaining Irving in a trade if they have an extension you know, worked out as part of the trade too, you know? So if, if it's a situation where they're trading picks to get off money and they're getting Irving just for a rental, I wouldn't be as comfortable doing that as I would be if they agreed to an extension, uh, right after the trade. But I mean, what, what are the, what are the stipulations on that grant? I mean, what, what could like, say the Mavs say we get off of this pod and the Mavs have traded for Kyrie Irving what can they offer him in an, in an extension right now versus, you know, what they could offer him in the summer or does it matter? Um, I think the big thing right now, um, I'm going to have to take a look closer look at what they uh, necessarily could offer. I know that uh, I'm, I think it's to my understanding, he's eligible for four years, like almost $200 million. Yeah. And that's, that's another thing to consider here too, because this is one reason why Kyrie wants a trade and doesn't just want to make it to, to free agency because, you know, which, if who, whichever team has his bird rights, you know, they, they would be trading for those bird rights too. So wherever he gets traded to is where he's, you know, wanting to stay and he's wanting to stay for, you know, what we assume is a, a full max extension. But anyway. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think one one factor, um, like depending on how long the Kyrie situation plays out, like if he like I guess the the whole risk of the draft picks, um, uh, like if you're kind of evaluating it um and wanting to minimize the downside of like, well, we just parted with picks and we don't have anything like set in stone with Kyrie, that kind of leaves us vulnerable. Um, like I, I could see it being logical for sure to do, um, you know, like, like the expiring contract with, uh, Christian Wood, depending on like how you view your situation with him. Like, like if you feel he, uh, like, like, like I guess it comes down to this, if you really think about it, uh, do you think you can make a title run with Luka Doncic, uh, Kyrie Irving and Christian Wood as like your big three? after making a trade for uh, like at the deadline. And if you think the answer is yes, um, then moving the picks makes a lot of sense. Um, if you don't feel that's the case, then moving the contracts makes sense. And then using those picks later that you have left over, like, like with the whole, uh, you know, opening of those, I think like they're eligible to move two or able to move two now, and they can move four starting the off season. Um, so like, I guess in a way it depends on like, what do you think is more, more likely a title run with those three as your big three now, or would you rather like even just kind of in a sense, wait that out and then view that, that four picks option or in a trade as being worth it for the next couple years compared to that risk. I, I guess it's like a lot of layers to unpack. But uh, but uh, I guess uh, really just depends on how urgent the Mavs view their window and uh, kind of their uh, risk management like tolerance. 
Well, and the way this season has, has played out, you know, plays a factor in all of this too, because I mean, for the most part, you know, you and I, we, we watched every Mavs game this year. We have seen how, how subpar, uh, to put it nicely, this roster has been for the most part this year, especially when Luca doesn't play uh, or if Luca, you know, has an off night every now and then they, they haven't been very good. <laughs> it's, and again, that that's just putting it nicely, uh, putting it not so nicely sometimes it is a chore to watch this team and you know to cover this team and i look i love i love this gig uh i wouldn't i wouldn't have it any other way i'm just saying they are a hard basketball team to watch sometimes so uh, the fact that with everything happening with luca you know having some little injuries here and there and you know, having to take games off for rest because he's doing so much, uh, averaging 33, 9, and 8 for the season. Uh, everything that has gone wrong for the Mavs this season and then for them to still be sitting at fourth in the West with less than 30 games left, you know, it kind of it raises the urgency. It's like, okay, we could wait for the off season, you know, to add another big piece, but it's like, man, uh, the rest of the West is so weird right now. If if we make a a splashy move right now, you know who knows? Maybe you become the West favorite, or at least gives you a legitimate chance of coming out of the West. And you know who knows what can happen in the NBA Finals if Luca gets there. So uh, the way the NBA has played out in the standings this year, with uh, so many teams, the parity being at an all-time high. I think there's three games separating fourth through thirteenth right now <laughs> in the West. It's just uh, it's crazy. So that definitely plays a factor into it as well. Uh, a quick thing from uh, Vince Goodwill of Yahoo Sports. He just put out something uh, that I saw. It says. Uh, would the Dallas Mavericks take Kyrie Irving, uh, quote, yes, a high-ranking official uh, said to Yahoo Sports. Uh, so that's not anything you know newsworthy that, that we didn't already know. But then he adds afterwards, he said, they also want Boyan Bogdanovich from Detroit and Bogdan Bogdanovich <laughs> from, from Atlanta. Uh, they're desperate and determined to get help for Luka Doncic before he passes out from exhaustion in carrying that <laughs> franchise. <laughs> well, I guess the a moving picks it is, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if that's the case, then, uh, you know, yeah, we might see we might see some of those picks get moved <laughs> before the deadline. I, I love how uh, Vince phrased that. We're going to have to we're going to have to get that up on a tracker or something later. Yeah, that's uh, definitely one way of putting it. That's hilarious. <laughs> I, I love how open he was with that. I, I enjoyed that. Uh, but yeah, man, this is a this is a fun time of year. We were talking about it uh, a little bit earlier too. You know, just when you think that a trade deadline is going to be boring and there's not going to be much action, all it takes is Kyrie Irving coming out with a match and just lighting the gasoline on fire. Uh, to get things going. So that's kind of how it was, uh, you know, back when uh, James Harden got traded to the uh, 76ers. Like, I don't think anybody saw that coming when it did, and it just lit everything on fire. And the next thing you know, KP's getting traded to Washington. <laughs> so uh, 
I don't know, man. It, it's going to be fun. Uh, I think we're we've been on top of every single bit of this trade stuff at DallasBasketball.com. So uh, you know, if you guys haven't gone yet, uh, not just in oh, hold 28, on. 10, and eleven against the. I don't know what that was. Um, uh, we've been on top of all this trade stuff at DallasBasketball.com. Not just with we have an actual trade rumor tracker set up, uh, but you know, just individual pieces. Uh, you know, aggregation stuff with, with actual reports. And then we have stuff where we give our own speculation on potential deals we could see happening. Uh, you know, it's, it's just a good mix of everything uh, trade related and other stuff too. I mean, we uh, like Grant, you've had the opportunity to have multiple one-on-ones this year uh, with players. And, you know, there's potential for some, you know, even more of that uh, as we get closer to the all-star break and after the all-star break. So, I think overall we, we've got a good mix of everything going, and it's only going to get more fun uh, from here. But uh, I do appreciate you coming on here with me last second to talk about all things Kyrie Irving. Well, I think there is something I just read. Jake Fisher put out an article that I thought was kind of interesting. He basically said that in the offseason, uh, the Lakers resisted the idea of including their two remaining first-round picks unprotected uh to swap uh for Irving um and also the Nets were reluctant to take back Westbrook um and there was no like substantive talks um as a result um so honestly like it could be pretty complicated uh for the Lakers to do a mid-season trade um if that's still the case if Westbrook like if if that type of a trade is not something that Brooklyn wants to do well, and and not only that, but it's like the Mavs. Like, how do how, look? The Mavs would already probably have to do a double take <laughs> on potentially letting go of first round picks for a guy on an expiring contract, uh, even though it's a guy with Irving's talent level. I mean, feel think about how the Lakers front office feels. <laughs> it's like it's like okay, we're thirteenth in the West right now. Uh, just haven't been very good at all. They've had some sparks here and there, but LeBron's 38 years old. It's like, do you really want to burn all of your draft capital for the rest of this decade? Uh, you know, taking a risk on Irvin. I, the, the, the risk reward just feels like it's a whole lot better for Dallas. And I feel like the potential return for Brooklyn is better than what the Lakers offer as well. So I, I, I get it. You know, the Lakers, they, they draw a lot of attention, a lot of media attention. You know, a lot of people are going to be putting them in their headlines and, you know, stuff of that nature. But I think what it all boils down to is they just don't have, you know, they don't have the most ideal situation to get Kyrie Irving, in my opinion. That's, that's just where I'm at. Unless, you know, I think Phoenix could probably – give the Mavs trouble in any potential negotiations, but it feels like to me, if the Mavs really want Kyrie Irving, it feels like the ball's in their court as far as potentially getting him. So. Yeah, I agree. And I think if you're Brooklyn too, like with the way that situation has gone, if you're running the front office of that team, do you really want to take on like assets that are that far out? Like, I don't know if like you can flip those really, like in the short term to like maximize like your outlook for, for keeping your job and all that stuff. Like I felt like that's kind of a, a rough all around sort of set of uh, assets to, uh, to be the return. 
Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, and look, we've got, as we are recording this, literally 16 seconds ago, I see the Ringer NBA posted out a clip, and it says uh, Kyrie in Dallas makes the most sense. <laughs> well, and, <laughs> and also, has, um, I kept reading the uh, Jake Fisher article. He uh, he had some really interesting stuff in there. He was saying that, uh, you know, Phoenix may be the most, like, I guess, uh, legitimate or viable destination because, um, you know, they could they could help pair Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, Kevin Durant uh, together. But also what I thought was, like, the actually interesting part here is that it said the Mavericks have designs on finding a second star to pair with, you know, Luka. Um, but also that Jason Kidd has been considered a, pro- a proponent of adding Irving as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Look, I mean, the relationship stuff, I know it got mocked and everything, especially after, you know, Jalen Brunson left. But stuff like this, like if you're going to hire people mainly for relationship stuff, Jason Kidd and his ability to uh, get along with superstars and, you know, Nico Harrison and all the connections he had with Nike and just basketball players in general from that, you know, this is the kind of situations where that kind of stuff should shine through. <laughs> and if it doesn't... It's almost, it's almost like inexcusable in a way where it's like this was the intended goal for both aspects of that like kind of like coach-GM pairing. And if it doesn't work, then it's like what like with the connections that they kind of share with Kyrie, it's like what what is going to be out there that necessarily like checks all those boxes. Right. That's absolutely right. And, you know, if Kyrie, if he feels more comfortable in a potential pairing with Dallas and he makes that known and, you know, other teams know like, hey, if we trade for him, you know, he might not, (laughs) he might not sign an extension with us because he prefers Dallas, you know, that, that plays a big role in all of this. So, I mean, the connection stuff, if it's ever going to work, it needs to start working now. And if it does, then, you know, we can lighten up on, you know, the decisions, some of the decisions that have happened over the last year, year, well, almost two years now, I guess. Uh, But, you know, it needs to start happening quick because the clock is ticking on Luca uh, and his situation. Maybe Luca never leaves. Maybe he never even considers leaving Dallas. But uh, to ensure that, the Mavs need to be doing everything possible they can do to put a championship contender around him. And that's going to involve taking some risks. So uh, we'll see how it goes, Grant. We'll see if they end up, you know, fully taking a swing on this and uh, getting this done with Kyrie Irving or uh, they've been in so many rumors this year that, I mean, I don't, I really don't know what to expect. Bogdanovich has been linked <laughs> like thirty times at this point. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's obviously some, uh, some smoke. Any, anyone who has access to an NBA arena with a press credential has said that Bogdanovich is linked to the Mavericks. <laughs> and that's another thing too. Like if, if they're able to get Irving without expending any picks, then you know, do they change their stance on potentially spending a first to pry Bogdanovich away from? the Pistons because that seems like the only way the Pistons are going to part with him uh so I mean that's something else to keep an eye on like if you do get Irving uh without having to to give up those draft assets do they turn around and say okay well we've got some guys we can go out we know we can go out and get with these these picks we can trade right now 
And then next thing you know, you know, you have a, a pretty formidable roster for the rest of this regular season heading into the postseason. So uh, lots of possibilities. I mean, I'm people say that expectations are the thief of joy, uh, but I don't really abide by that. I just kind of get my hopes up and <laughs> go with the flow. And uh, I am very this is very much my time of year, Grant. This is what I live for. So. <laughs> It's all in a trade machine. No, nothing else uh, can stop it. Yeah, yeah. No, we're in a we're in a group DM on on Twitter with a bunch of people on there, and uh, you know, it's uh, every time something comes up like this, I'm always included in these hypothetical trades. Uh, you know, like <laughs> a sleeper asset or something. So, I guess I, I guess I take that as a good thing. If I'm the deal breaker, I'll take one for the team, and I'll get traded. I just. Like I said to the group earlier, I'd uh, I'd prefer it to be a three-way and me going to Miami because, you know, me and my wife like the beach. So, <laughs> uh, Well, Grant, look, I appreciate you joining me. Uh, if something crazy happens and, you know, a deal gets done, uh, we'll definitely come on here. I'm going to try and get you and uh, my guy Drew, DJ, uh, on the pod at the same time. You know, if something crazy happens, you know, we'll come back on here and, and talk it over in the aftermath. But I appreciate it, Grant. I uh, hope you have a great rest of your Friday and great uh, rest of your weekend. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me. I always enjoy uh, talking about uh, Mavs, especially uh, trade stuff. You got Thank you, Kyrie Irving, for, uh, for the content. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much, Kyrie, because, I mean, look, it's Friday. I'm excited it's Friday, but he added an extra layer to it this time. So... <laughs> Uh, all right, guys. Well, look, y'all go like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, be sure to go uh, follow myself at Dalton underscore Trig and my guy Grant at Grant Afseth on Twitter. Uh, we've also got the pod account at Step Back Mavs, and then we've got uh, DallasBasketball.com too. We're on our. We got a good Facebook page up and going. We've got the Twitter page at uh, Mavericks DB. Be sure to go check all that out. Uh, we've got content flowing all day, every day, and there's just more coming. It's great stuff. So y'all be sure to go do that. Uh, check out the pin tweet on the Step Back Twitter page because we have a uh, jersey giveaway that we're going to be announcing the winner for during All-Star Weekend, and that is coming up fairly soon. So be sure to get in on that if you haven't already. Guys, appreciate it. Y'all enjoy the rest of your Friday. And we will see you Monday unless something crazy happens later on this weekend. Y'all have a good one. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens. And that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.